0: We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow.
1: Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you today. So listen, it is almost the end of January as this is going live. Really, this could be any time, because I feel like we do this to ourselves on a weekly basis as women, but it really, I find, comes up at this time of year. So it's been a couple weeks since a new year. Many of us see the new year as a really fresh start. Around here in our paid program, Flow 365, we actually have our first retreat where we cast our first 90-day goal coming up actually this weekend at the end of the month, because I really do find it takes women the month of January to land. It's like the kindest thing ever to let ourselves land in the new year and really recover from the holidays and also give ourselves that time to really know and decide what we want. And I if you're hearing this and you're like, "Oh my gosh, I haven't even taken the t- time to decide what I want." Don't worry. We put so much pressure on ourselves that the new year, the new you, all that kind of stuff. And the truth is is that we can reset at any moment. And so I really like to give space from that the hype of the new year. Because then I think we don't stop ourselves in our tracks as much because all that hype is a lot of pressure. And when we're feeling a lot of pressure and a lot of stress to perform in a certain way, we end up a lot of times in fight or flight or fear, and it actually prevents us from moving forward. So that idea that we all set these resolutions and don't fulfill them, like part of that is just normal human behavior, because of the thoughts that we're generating with this pressure of we have to do well. And for a lot of us, that does not motivate us. So if you're in that moment or you're heading into that moment maybe you have had all the energy for two weeks but you're like starting to fizzle this one is for you, especially if you have a health or body related goal. So I find as we're heading into this weekend, in flow, we're always looking at what is our goal around food and wellness? What is our goal in our lifestyle? What is our goal around spirituality? And what is our goal around our work or usually building a business because we serve a lot of entrepreneurs around here. So it's like, what are all those four goals? And how do they work together? Because As women, we are not in a silo. We can't just look at work and ignore even our adult children, right? Like that's not how we are. We can't focus on work. And as we're, if anyone can relate to a stage in your life where you're heading into high hormone situations, you can't ignore your body. There's moments where you like, you should never ignore your body, but you really can't ignore your body. So we need to look at all of this together. And that is what we do. And with all that said, Today, we're going to really look at that health part, and specifically, anyone who's like, oh my gosh, I just want to like shed those 10 pounds, those 20 pounds, whatever it is. And this is a goal in itself that whether it's the new year or the summer, tends to come with that pressure and stops us in our tracks because a lot of us are being really mean to ourselves when we start to lean into this goal. And that is why I got our guest, Katie Bramlett, on today, because she is all about what kindness has to do with weight loss and what happens when we really back off the number on the scale and start with questions like, what do I hope to get from weight loss? Is there something that I could get now without the weight loss by just taking care of my body? And really understanding what I've tried in the past, right? Because many of us have been on like this whole cycle of trying everything and feeling like nothing works or that we're not great at making it work, right? We usually blame ourselves, not the thing that we're trying. So a lot of times it's like is the question is, are we just trying the same thing in a different Package and expecting a different result. And so Katie's whole thing is about how to really have a goal that will help us, how to be really kind along the way. And oh my gosh, I cannot wait for you to meet her. So, officially, Katie Bramlett is the CEO and co founder of a company called We Shape. She has a background in psychology and she really concentrates on the goal that we might have to feel better in our body, not focusing on how to change our body. And so I think you're just going to love everything she has to share today. So with no further ado, let's get Katie on the show. And the one ask I have on you is that if you do have a goal, if you have a health goal and you're feeling like it's not kind or you're being unkind because you've, and maybe you have this story of I've gotten off track. After you listen to today's episode, just shift the goal. Allow yourself to be kind enough to shift how you're thinking about it and try a new way. We often don't do this as women. And then if you want, come talk to us about it. We have kept open the community that we opened in December and we are now going to post the podcast there each week. This is an experiment. If no one comes in chats, we're going to close it down. But if you want to have come have a conversation and ask questions and tell us what you're doing, because often if we say out loud, how it is that we're changing or what we're doing, it can really help us step into it. We would love to hear from you. So there is a link at the top of plansimple.com. If you're not already part of this community on Circle, there is a link at the top of our website. You can just come right in and we can be in conversation. And I would love to get to know you in this way. All right. I will talk to you real soon. But for now, let's meet Katie hello Katie welcome to the plan simple podcast
2: hi thank you so much for having me
1: oh my gosh well I'm so excited to have you and I think this is a very timely topic as this is going live it's the new year and I'm sure a lot of people have a lot of resolutions <laughs> about <laughs> body all things body yeah. and it's funny around here I'm pretty passionate about December so people have not stopped hearing me talk about one of the big things that I'm pretty passionate about is that we don't say like oh we're just like Throw in the towel and wait until the new year and whatnot. So, people have heard me talk about that for a long time. So, I'm really excited to hear your take on how we can have these health goals that actually really serve us and motivate us and help us and all the different parts. So, let's go first into your history because I know more than anyone who's listening so far knows about you. Will you tell us a little bit about who you are and why you're passionate about helping people be more connected to their bodies? Absolutely.
2: Yes. Well, I'm the co-founder of WeShape. We are a technology-driven, at-home, real-time, customized workout program that's rooted in mind-body connection and mindful movement, along with mindset and uh, mentality shifts. So before we had this company, my co-founder and I actually had a body transformation company and we did, you know, prescriptive diets, prescriptive exercise plans and we By the way, I just of-
1: want to interrupt you and say that's a really nice way to say that.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm like she's even made that sound really nice. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we had the best of intentions and we were offering people diet plans and exercise plans to transform their bodies and focus on weight loss. And, you know, I always like to say that my Instagram life looked really great and there was something on the inside that still didn't feel right. You know, we had scaled that company. We had made the Inc. 500 three times. We had a big team we were really pushing forward. And I was just like, I don't know why this doesn't feel like it's the right path. And when I stepped back and looked further, I was like, I really want to help people feel better in their body. but And I'm helping them through diet and exercise, but nobody seems happy even when they're meeting the goal. So I was noticing that people would meet the goal and then it would either not be good enough or the feeling that they would get would never be fulfilling enough. And I said, oh, interesting. Like, I wonder if people are really after, am I valuable, am I worthy, am I lovable? And they think that getting that number will make that happen. So I started investigating that a little bit further and then I really uncovered a lot of like oh, like we're a part of this greater culture and industry that makes a lot of money off of people that basically is dangling a carrot that says when you get this weight or meet this goal, you will feel good. And the truth of the matter is, is that wasn't really true. And I had evidence in my own company. So we actually shut that company down and we started WeShape with the intention of really redefining what quality exercise meant so many people believe that it's about burning calories and you know pushing through pain and no pain no gain and almost you know it's like oh if you would like say I almost threw up in my workout it was like a badge of honor right and we're really saying like you know let's actually focus on mind-body connection and functional movement that will serve the body for the lifetime rather than prescriptive ballistic exercise movements right and then we said we really need to address this mentality thing because it's false that people will feel worth and value once they get a number on the scale so we also developed a community part of our product where people can join live calls with various experts and coaches to really talk about some of these deeper rooted things so oftentimes people come to We Shape to get a workout, but they end up really getting a mentality shift, which is what I feel like people are really after. They just don't know they're after that. It's hard to know that, right? Because we're not mess. We're not marketed that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'll share like, I mean, I actually had that experience and I'm so grateful for it. It really actually informs what we do around here as well, that I did go after a weight loss goal after having three kids 14 years ago, and it really shifted. I got really lucky because it was like my cajillionth diet in life. And I got really lucky that I found a lifestyle instead of a diet and like thinking I was going, you know, for a diet. And it changed everything. It changed the way I just thought about my body and about my health. And, you know, of course, there's been other work since around mindset specifically. But it's interesting how, you know, it's almost by chance that you would find somebody like you or like I found that actually is not just dangling that carrot and selling that transformation will make you happy. And it's so hard in this day and age, especially. So we do a lot around goal setting around here. And actually, I still have a really hard time. I don't want to say it that way. Like, it's not that I have a hard time coaching people in this goal, but this goal feels like the hardest to me is when somebody actually has a goal to release weight and how to have that really serve them in a way that doesn't bring up all that crap that we have associated to the Mm -hmm. scale. (laughs) So what is like, what are some of your ways that you all talk about as clients are coming in around what the goal is, and how you're looking at even showing up to that in a different way than maybe you used to do?
2: This is a very complex question. I know. (laughs) I have a fitness company, and it's not my primary focus to encourage weight loss. Yes. Yes. So it's complicated. First of all, I offer no judgment. So wherever people are and whatever they want to do for themselves is their journey and is their path. And we just want to offer a safe landing space for that to be what it is. I like to ask a lot of questions like, what do you hope to get from that weight loss? Is it something that you could get now without weight loss? What have you tried in the past? Has that worked? Are we just trying the same thing in a different package and expecting a different result? but getting the same result. (laughs) So I like to to spend a lot of time in conversation and dialogue and really get to the root of what's going on before I offer any type of advice on what path to take.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting because I think that, you know, I think sometimes we do it by default you know, we've worked with so many people around here on goals and around here, we're casting goals around health, but also around business and lifestyle and motherhood and all the different pieces. But when it comes to the sort of food and wellness one, I feel like it's like almost like what else is there besides, you know, like health, like isn't something that many of us can grasp onto because it's not the culture that we didn't grow up in a culture that upheld health right like that wasn't what we were thinking about we weren't but then when people sort of go into that they're like oh yeah like now I'm moving in a way that like I can see how this will help me when I'm 70 years old (laughs) to like pick up the groceries or empty the trash and so I mean I think a lot of times it's just that we're so used to setting this type of goal around our wellness that we question what else is there Right. And even like food goals, I find get tied back. Like it's almost like a lot of, whether it's like an exercise goal or a food goal, I think unconsciously they, for many of us tie back to our body image and our weight. You know, even if that's not what we're saying out loud.
2: (laughs) Well, first of all, what we've done too is, you know, the industry and the culture that we live in has defined health by diet and exercise. Yes, it's really just a few pieces of the pie. Like, what's your spiritual health look like? What's your community look like? You know, who are you connected with? Like, what does your relationship with nature look like? Like, there's so many ways that contribute to our overall well-being, and I think that we go down the path of diet and exercise for a couple reasons. One, it can be polarized. It can be prescriptive. It can be black and white. It can be easy to digest. It can be oversimplified. It can be quantified right? So we can set a goal with numbers and calories in and calories out, like measuring somebody's spiritual health or connection to friends or connection to family or connection to nature. Like we can't measure that. How do you sell that? You know? So I like to ask me, that's what I sell. (laughs) I'm not not sure. Tell me. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, just encourage people to just do radical shift in an intention and try it. Yeah, can always go back to the diet and exercise. Yeah, like
1: absolutely.
2: Even if we shift an intention around food around like for 30 days, I'm going to have an intention of just every time I eat something, I'm going to pause and feel gratitude and find connection with where that food came from and all the people that it took to make this food and deliver this food and bring this, you know, and Practice that. Like what if we just got out of the box of the way that we've done it before and just attempted to do something different? So one of the things that I really encourage people to do, and this is my actual primary goal when people come to EShape, is I think that people are born with two dials, two voices on the inside. The first one is the internal dial of self, like knowing an all-knowing and infinite wisdom from the body. And the second one is the outside world. And we can't get out of either of them, but we all know that when a baby's born, that internal dial is turned to 10. If a baby was here with us now and they were hungry, they wouldn't wait for the episode to be over, they'd be screaming. Right. But as we get older, that internal dial gets turned down and that external dial gets turned up. And I think it's when that external dial gets too loud and the internal dial gets turned down too much that we lose that connection with self and we start to get on the path of, okay, what's the diet? What's the exercise plan? This plus this equals health. I'll be happy if this, I'll be happy if that. And my primary goal when people come to Reshape is how do we get you to soften the external dial and make the internal dial a little louder? And a perfect example of this is we ran a feel-good challenge where we're focusing on things like aches and pains and energy and sleep and recovery and self-confidence. And I had a woman come in. She's like, I really came because I wanted your exercise program because I had a lot of modifications I needed. And you guys had such a high level of customization. And I came in for the workout. But I left with a huge mentality shift. And I realized that when I was looking in the mirror and the voice inside my mind that was saying, you're fat, you need to lose weight, you need to go on a diet was actually not my voice. It was the voice of my mom. It was the voice of my sister. It was the voice of my aunts growing up. And after I kind of came in and set some different intentions and started attempting to turn that internal dial up, I realized that my voice was much different and I might not have lost any weight. And, you know, I might not have done the exercise program as much as I probably wanted to, But just the fact that I can look in the mirror and hear that other voice now is life changing. So that's what we're really after.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I have two specific questions. I'm going to actually bring in client stories with no names. So that's how this is going to go. So two things that have come up lately, which I'm just like, this is going to be so fun to be in conversation with someone else about, and then I'll tell these people to come listen. So we actually work with a lot of people who are very dialed in spiritually. And so- and have done a lot of the work to really like push away all that external stuff and still want to be healthy. And so it's like, once you've done that, how do you find the motivation to still have a reason? And I think a lot of those same people still come back to this like little underlying thing that like how we've always measured it and Like, so can you talk a little bit about that? So, as people are becoming more connected to the inside and really being able to honor that, you know, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of times as humans, we don't want to go do the exercise thing. Like, that's not like our primary thing. So, how do we create that like motivation to go do something when we're finally feeling like, oh my gosh, like free from maybe the scale?
2: I love this question. So, I want to say that I'm always so grateful to be in good company around people who are doing the hard spiritual work, Mm -hmm. especially in this day and age. And I have to remind myself that even though I'm doing that work, I'm not immune to the messages and the narratives that come from the outside world. Yes. And so, doing the spiritual work and becoming awake to other possibilities and paths in life does not mean we're immune from that. And so all I can do is share sort of my own journey with that because I think what happens is when people go, oh, yeah, I'm doing that spiritual work and, and it's like, but wait, <laughs> part of that spiritual work is pausing and saying, Have I, maybe there's more to do here. And so I'll just share on a personal level. I've been in the fitness industry for over 20 years. Up until three years ago, I hated movement. And I was in the fitness industry selling these products. I would force myself and will myself through shame, guilt, and judgment to do the movement and to exercise. But it wasn't until I really, truly started giving a lot of energy and intention to self-love and to care and to what brought me joy to deeper connection with other people, to some of the spiritual work that you're talking about, that it went from this extrinsic value and motivation to internal desire. And so if we're living in the external, like, I need to, I should, shame mentality – I kind of want to push a little bit and say maybe there's a little bit more investigation to happen. There. Yes, yes, yes. So when I started really give, you can't, I mean, the spiritual work is forever. Like there's like yeah. thousands of categories in our brain and life and being a human. We can't get all of them. If anyone tells you they've been on their spiritual work and it's done, like, I don't know. I have questions about that. So maybe this part of your world, of your life needs a little bit more attention. I don't know. I'm just saying that like, here's what I have discovered. I had the psychologist on our podcast, and I asked her why she went into body specific psychology. And she said, because when she was discovering which domain she wanted to be a part of, she noticed that every single domain had a common denominator of body hatred. Mm. And she, so I point that out because yeah. this is not a small category. Yeah. This is interwoven in the fabric of like, our DNA for centuries. Right, like when you really dissect some, this is my life, like, and I'm still in the thick of it myself personally, yeah, so it's not simple, it's layered and complex, and there's a lot of unraveling to do, so if we're stuck in that, I should what yeah. do I do to get motivated? I would say, maybe do some more unraveling,
1: yes, I love that, and will you tell everyone listening, like obviously, it's like we talk a lot around here about the onion, and it's many layers of the onion of which you and I are both probably both in ourselves, so Will you just explain, though, in those moments of like clarity and self-love, explain what it's like to go do a weightlifting exercise.
2: I wake up in the morning and I ask myself, how do you feel? What does your body need today? Not what does your mind or calendar tell you to do? Yeah. I have to follow that most of the time because I have two small children and I'm running a startup company. But what do you need? If you could have if your body could get anything today, what would it need? And sometimes I'm like, oh, I have an abundance of energy in my body and it's actually coming out as anxiety. I'm not calling it energy. I'm calling it anxiety, but maybe I need a vigorous hike. So I start just going through the wheel of like, gosh, my back's kind of tight. What could I need? Like, what does my body asking me for? And am I going to honor that ask today? Yeah. And then I also do this thing where I go... I don't have time because I have 20 meetings on my calendar and my kids have horses and all these things they need. And I go, well, how will you feel afterwards? Like what will you have? Like will the mind-body connection be strengthened? Will your back feel better? Will your anxiety come down? So I also try to do this thing where I embody what the feeling afterwards will feel like. And then I also ask, are you trying to solve the problem in the same way that you always have, which was you got to do that for an hour? I'm like, okay, maybe you could do it for five minutes. Maybe you can stretch for 10 minutes. Like we keep trying to solve the same problems in the same way and expect something different. So these are the dialogues in my mind kind of like around what is your body asking you for? Your mind's telling you you don't have time. Is there another solution, right? Because then we just black and white thinking, nope, don't have time for that today. It's like, no, you could do five minutes of stretching, right? You could schedule a walk with a friend during your lunch. Like There are a lot of ways that we can look at this. So I don't know. I know I'm being gray.
1: Yeah, you know, I love that. And you have little kids now. So my kids are, my youngest is now in high school. I have three kids, but now they're getting older, <laughs> which is so fun. Cause then I have more freedom to do all these things sort of, except that your mind as we'll get into your mentality may not like lead you to go do those things. Cause just cause kids leave doesn't mean all of a sudden you want to do all the things. But one of the things that I've transitioned over the years is that I'm a big believer in time blocking and mm-hmm. really understanding how all that your you know inner desires play out in time over a week but that's what we do a lot around here is we're doing a lot of planning but really from the inside first you know not from what the world expects of us and there was a moment where I would put things in there like yoga or whatever you know on the friday before the week i would put those in and then i kept getting to like the thing and just like there was still some like tension that i was like i don't really want to do that today like i want to go be outside i don't want to be inside at hot yoga like i want to go to walk and so then i started putting movement which felt like a better word to me than exercise so i would like time block you know because i have i run a company i have kids i have to drive them places and so i was noticing i needed to hold some space for this thing but like I was definitely feeling constrained when I was like coming up too far in advance with the things that I thought I should be doing. It was more likely that it was shoulds instead of want tos. And so then later I started just putting body in there and that Um, was like really freeing. So it was like I was holding space for my body, you know, from, I don't know two to three in the afternoon. But then I had this list and it was like, okay, like sometimes I had to have the list because I had to remind myself of just some of the things I like to do with my body. But sometimes it was like, my body needs a nap. You know, and other times it was like, I really need I've been sitting in a chair all day, like I need to go outside. And so that was really helpful for me was like making sure that I was holding open the space. Because otherwise, some days I would like wake up and like, know I needed a walk, but then look at my day and be like, how on earth am I going to walk, you know, without a kid in tow or whatever.
2: I love that. And I think that one thing that I would love to emphasize is this, if it doesn't happen, like not going back to the critical judgment, you know, like any way that we can offer like self-kindness. Yes. I think that that energy perpetuates the intrinsic desire to do the thing. I think that we all think that if we just shame or guilt ourselves enough, we'll want to be motivated. And I actually believe that a lot of my intrinsic desire to move and to be active and to feel good in my body is directly proportioned to how kind I am to myself. So the kinder I am to myself, the more I actually feel like I want to do those things for myself, which Absolutely. is kind of weird. And that's what's so hard about all of this is I don't have a formula. I don't have a prescription. I just have sort of ideas and concepts to marinate on. And then I feel like everyone has to take what yes. works and not take what doesn't work and then allow the magic to happen, right? We, yeah. We're so afraid to trust the magic that can happen when we set an intention of connecting with ourselves and learning how to better our relationship with self. That we're like, okay, well, what's the prescription? Because if I have the prescription, then I know the outcome. And it's like sometimes I find a lot of magic in just setting little intentions on the inside that are all kind of rooted in self-kindness and deeper connection with knowing. And those are the things that I personally have found create the most magic, but they're not sexy to sell. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 not, yeah, yeah. You know, they're not tricks and tips it's like oh just like setting intentions and offering yourself kindness and you know it's like it's not sexy and
1: sometimes they're the hardest things to follow through on for ourselves because life gets really full for all of us yeah and so it's like it's so easy to forget like oh yeah i'm supposed to be being kind to myself today like oops forgot that one yeah i love that and one thing i want to point out that you just said which i think is so important is like there's no point in going through any sort of list around self-care or self-love if you're beating yourself up like that's always step one like step one is I'm not beating myself up like there's nothing more to be done on that list if beating up is happening which I think it's so yeah. easy to do like I see very often like you know all the self-care things becoming should and it's a weird because it's such a thin line of like we're making the space to bring them in and then somehow life is Going in the way it's going, and all of a sudden, what was there to really serve us becomes a weight in our world. And so, I love that. So, everyone listen to that piece. (laughs) That's really good.
2: I mean, and I try to remind myself if the because I, my worst, I mean, the thing that I work on with my therapist the most would be the inner critic. Yes. And I think what I have to remind myself is sort of like what that woman who came through our program said is like, that's not my voice. Yes. So, if I'm looking to have an intention of deeper connection with self, from that intention, I can discover that, yeah. and I can reroute some of those neuro pathways and create a practice around self-kindness and grace. And yeah, so just a reminder: if the yeah. if the judgment and the inner critic is turned really high and that's driving your life, it's actually that's not you. Yeah, it's not your true self.
1: Yeah, I love that. Okay, so question number two: I'm still holding these two things. So. There have been occasions around here where people have had a weight loss goal, and that was really important either for a medical reason or, you know, various reasons. Weight came on, weight needed to come off. And so I'm just thinking of someone right now, like the most beautiful woman who has this goal, and she's just made the most amazing changes in her life to like always eating out to now taking the time to eat, having nurturing food and like making home cooked meals every day, which was like, it's huge if you eat out all the time to all of a sudden be able to like, always have a homemade breakfast, lunch and dinner. She's gotten into this beautiful walking practice, Mm -hmm. where she's like, brought her steps a little farther. And like one day she was like, I just couldn't figure out like how I could walk any farther, like how I could figure like it just wasn't computing in my brain. And she was like, oh, it's just every time I go to the car, I could walk to the corner and back. So she was like, just keeps thinking of all these beautiful ways to really nurture herself, you know, in light of this goal that she also has. And the scale's not moving. So it becomes hard when that happens. And you know, as an onlooker, I can see this like glowing human who's so different, you know, than six weeks ago. And I'm sure you see this all the time with your clients, like these glowing people who are so different because their mindset is shifting and their habits are shifting, and they're coming so much more from love. So how do we like, So where's like the weighing point? So when there is a goal, like cholesterol needs to come down, or weight needs to be released, or, you know, there's like something measurable that's being asked possibly by a doctor or some situation. Mm -hmm. Can we talk a little bit through the mentality behind that? And like the mentality to keep going, even when the numbers aren't showing up for us.
2: One of the joys that I've had about doing this work is I have been introduced to a number of incredible professionals in physical therapy, in psychology, in the medical field, and I'm not a doctor, so I can't speak to this in depth, but I am starting to become open to new concepts and ideas around weight inclusivity in all fields. Yep. So there are things that we once thought we knew about the correlation between weight and certain health things health. That, are, yes. that, are, that are being debunked. Yes, so absolutely. I just want to leave that concept out into the world and out in the open without speaking to um, it. We have a
1: whole episode about that, actually. Yes. So I will link to that in the show notes because that is very important. Thank you for saying that.
2: Yes. There are a number of things that we can do to contribute to our health and our overall well-being that are not centered around the number on the scale. So we just get fixated on the number on the scale so I can't obviously speak in depth to that because I'm not a medical doctor, but there are a lot of doctors out there who are talking about it. It sounds like you've done an episode, which I'm so grateful that you did that. The other thing is, is kind of going back to what I was saying before. So one example that I like to give is I think people think that when their body is a certain size or when the number on the scale says something that they will instantly have self-confidence or, you know, like there's this really deep rooted feeling that they're after.
1: Yeah. Or be healthy or have more energy. So I'll give you two examples.
2: So I had a woman who was here and she was like, I really need to lose weight because I want to have this certain, like she wanted this certain physical goal. I can't remember the details of it, but let's say it was like hamstring flexibility. And we do this thing where we plug weight into, the weight is the thing that will prevent me from the goal. And I was like, I know lots of people who are in larger bodies who can do exactly what you're asking to do. So why don't you just shift your attention and focus on achieving that physical goal and not worry about if the weight is there. And it hadn't occurred to her that maybe she could actually achieve the physical goal in the size body that she had. So do you see how we kind of get off course? It's like my body wants to achieve this physical goal and I believe that I need to achieve it by losing weight and then I can work on the physical thing. And it's like, well, no, just work on the physical thing. (laughs) Yes. And so it's like, don't include that in the process. Maybe it will happen, and maybe it'll be a byproduct. Maybe it won't, and that's okay too. But is your goal the weight loss or is your goal the physical goal, right? So, And then second, I like to remind people that there are lots of people in large bodies who have vibrant confidence and value and worth and beam light, and it's not dependent on their body size. And I think that we think that the only way for us to gain that self-confidence And feel good in the body that we have is to achieve the goal, that outside dial, the society, the media has told us that we want. So I just want to challenge these things a little bit because I understand that we live in a fat phobic culture. We do. And that people are discriminated based on their body type. And we can collectively come together and say, we're actually not going to stand for that anymore. And we're going to collectively create a new value system that's rooted in other beliefs. Like that's possible. And the more of us that work on those things inside, it's like one by one, we will create a different value. So I'm not saying it's easy to do that because I understand the culture that we live in, but I'm saying that it is possible. And so again, it's just digging to the deeper why. And a lot of times I find that people have like an actual physical goal, like, I want to be able to do this yoga pose. And I'm like, we'll just keep practice the yoga pose. They like won't even start practicing until they lose the weight. Yeah,
1: So it's about the focus on the thing. Yeah.
2: Yes. And then it's like, it's like what we do is we set a goal and then we think weight loss is the first step in that goal. And I'm like, but if weight loss was removed, could you still achieve that goal? In most cases I say yes. And like, oh, my cholesterol needs to come down. Okay. Like, is weight loss the only way to make that happen? Like, there's a lot of doctors out there who are saying we can work on that with outside of that idea, right? So it's just really deeply understanding what the goal is. And then asking, is there more than one way to solve the problem? You know, I heard this study one time that said, they had asked people like, how many different ways are do you think there are to do the dishes? And I'm thinking, I don't know, five? And it was like over 200 ways to do the dishes. And I laugh at that because we as humans get really polarized. And this is why we do this thing with diet and exercise, where we say health equals diet and exercise. I'm like, because we want things to be black and white. We want things to be easy to understand and to be simplified. But the truth of the matter is, is there's infinite solutions to one problem. So if you have something that you want, I have curiosity if there's another way to get it outside of weight loss. And if there is, I would say, why don't you try that for a little while and see what happens?
1: Yeah. I love that. And yeah, and I'm thinking about it like, yeah, we'll leave it at that.
2: Yeah. There's something that we're all after in there. Right. And yeah. maybe it is to lower cholesterol. Yeah. But maybe we can work with somebody who's not going to be a physician who judges us and says weight loss is the only way for cholesterol numbers yeah. to drop. It's like, maybe not.
1: Yeah. And in my brain, I'm like, I'm wondering if outside of this triggering world that we live in, in this diet culture, Like what happens when weight loss itself isn't triggering? And I just think that's like a harder, it's a lot more work at this in like just how in the culture that we live in right now.
2: Well, because if you think about Here's the problem that I think has happened is we've used science and we've weaponized it to meet the mold of a a toxic standard that we've put, right? So it's like I started laughing a couple months ago because I met with a friend. He's like, oh, I'm on this new diet. I found this doctor who thinks vegetables are toxic, so I'm only eating these 12 foods. And I'm like, you just can't win. (laughs) So for whatever belief you want. I can't believe anyone
1: would tell you that, by the way. I'm
2: like, of all the people to go tell, why
1: would you tell Katie? He had a
2: list of references. He had his, like, science with him. And it just reminded me about, like, basically anything you want You can have, and there will be a scientific literature, piece of literature to prove. It's like, at some point we have to just pause and say, okay, (laughs) what is it that I'm really after? And like, how do I find the best people to work with that support that desire? Yeah. Right? Because we blindly just trust everyone who has a credential next to their name. Yeah. And- we might need to do a little bit more searching around that, right? Like if you meet with a doctor and you feel judged or criticized or that at some point we have to be our own advocate, go down the path of cultivating that deeper sense of knowing inside and then really aligning ourselves with the right people because you can basically find anyone to justify anything and say that science says so. So it's It's complicated. It's harder. And I get what you're saying. And I understand it's not easy stuff. In fact, ever since I've started going down this path, in some ways things have never been harder. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. But but the deeper inner knowing and connection with self is stronger than ever. And I wouldn't trade it. I wouldn't go back to the the way things were, which was easier for me. But when I have the other business, my life was easier.
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I share a visual often, like you and I have a very similar way that we're doing things. I mean, even though we're doing slightly different things. And so I always show this slide of like, the way that a lot of us live or that we're sort of conditioned to live is like, We gather all the people and all the information around us, then we make choices and then we're sort of left alone to like, you know, literally like sometimes flounder in all the stuff that we've collected over here. But when we like take the time to be alone, to really understand what it is that we need and want, then make choices and then find the, all the people and all the things, but like, we're just more aligned with like to have, when we need support, we need support somewhere. No one should do any of all the things alone. It's no, just, no, no. I think we yeah. just do it a lot
2: in reverse the, order. in
1: reverse order. And yeah. it just makes it so it just makes it hard. It makes it really hard to follow through because we're doing everybody else's thing and not ours. And I think that's probably one of the reasons we've all done 150 Diets because they were 150, they were probably great diets for each of the 150 people who invented them
2: (laughs) and they were theirs. Yeah, I hear you. I think that's a really good point. And it is, I actually think that's life's work. That's being a human being and being in the human experience is turning that internal dial up, finding a deeper connection with self, and going down that path. And I don't know that that work is ever done. So I'm not saying here's the trick and the tool and the easy path. I'm saying this path might get hard but this is the path that i have discovered the most inner peace
1: yes absolutely i totally agree i think that's not it.
2: that i always have inner peace <laughs> but that i have been able to cultivate more of it in this space than in previous spaces yeah.
1: yeah 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 i think the most important thing is it's a journey and every step you take you have to be willing that it's going to keep going cuz those 5 minute fixes They're not usually real. (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Unfortunately. All right, Katie, tell us how to find you. Tell us what we need to know to take our next steps.
2: Yes. I have a special link for your listeners. If they want to try out We Shape free for 14 days, they can go to weshape.com forward slash plan simple for a free 14 day trial and join the community calls, do an at-home workout. We've got a lot of good stuff in our products. So we hope to see some people there.
1: Awesome. Sounds good. Sounds amazing. Thank you so much. Is there anything we've missed?
2: We've covered a lot. I know, right?
1: <laughs> I feel yeah. like people said brains should be exploding at this point. Like, yeah. oh,
2: yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Oh my it. gosh.
1: Well, thank you for being here today. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action, because the truth is, is that change does come from action. But the common misconception is that when we're wanting big change, we need big action. Doable changes are really the things that add up. They add
0: into your life one small micro shift at a time. And these small micro shifts create a ripple effect that will
1: create big change over time. It's much more sustainable. So at the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so that you can pick the one that really piques your interest and roll with it. So here are three doable changes from my conversation today with Katie. Number one, start with what your body wants. Instead of putting workout or yoga or hike on your daily schedule, start the day by asking what your body wants. Do you need to be outside? Do you need something gentle? Do you have a lot of energy? Choose your movement from that point. Now, we cover quite often in Flow 365 that you do need to hold the space for this thing, right? So you can't magically create the 30 minutes or hour in your day. You need to have that scheduled and practice really sticking to it, but you don't have to know how you're going to take care of your body in that time. Recently, we had someone in Flow 365 who is getting surgery And she was really concerned about the fact that she wouldn't be working out. And we really encouraged her to still focus that time on her body. It's just going to be really different. Some days it's going to be about a nap. Some days it's going to be about rolling her ankles while she's getting better. And then eventually it's going to be about that physical therapy to get fully moving again. So we really want to hold that time, but we can still ask what our body wants. All right. Doable change number two, make mini movement happen. So how often do you think I don't have an hour to work out and instead try asking where can I fit in five minutes of movement or 10 minutes of movement or two minutes of movement and could I do that more than once today and then you pair this with starting what your body wants so you find the time And then you start asking your body, does this make sense? But you do have to find the time. So if you're not in a place where you're finding the time, maybe start with this one of finding mini movement moments. Ooh, that has some good alliteration. All right, number three, set an intention of self-kindness. Choose to be kind to yourself today right now you could start by noticing when you're self-shaming or when your inner voice is so not like your best friend (laughs) and if you really listen you may realize that voice is not your own it's somebody else's right so just start practice speaking kindly to yourself one little moment at a time all right those are the
0: three for today I'll see you real soon. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five-minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.